Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today I want to talk about proactive Christianity. Our culture is pushing us more and more to be silent, to be isolated, and to be more reactive to the things that are going on around us rather than proactive in building the kingdom of God. Before we tackle that subject, I wanted to remind you that our Set Apart Conference is coming up the first weekend of June. It's for women of every age. We're going to be talking about victorious living at this year's event, and I'm really excited for what God has in store. We'd love to have you join us in Colorado or anywhere you are via simulcast, our on-campus space is filling very quickly. So if you do plan to join us in person, be sure to register soon. If you join us for a simulcast, you'll have access to the sessions all throughout the rest of this year. So you can choose dates that work best for you. Simulcasting the conference is a wonderful way to share this message with ladies in your community. You can have a simulcast that you host in your home or in your church. And it's just a really great way to reach those around you with the message of a Christ-centered life. So go to setapartgirl.com to learn more about that. So now let's look at proactive Christianity. As the children of God, we are not meant to live in isolation and self-protection, and yet I think that's what so many of us naturally default to as the times that we're living in are growing darker and more hostile towards truth. We are actually called to proactively proclaim truth and build the kingdom of God, whatever it may cost us. We are called to sprint toward the battle, not retreat from the battle. Just like David demonstrated in his battle with Goliath, it said that when he saw the Philistine coming towards him, he hurried and ran to meet the Philistine. And that is the opposite of how so many of us respond to the battles in our own lives and the battles in our world today. But Jesus said this in Luke 6. He said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's pretty clear that we are not meant to live in isolation and self-protection, but to boldly and confidently shine the light of God in the midst of a very dark world. And some reminders from Paul, he said, you are to be children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And another place in Philippians, he says that we are not to be intimidated in any way by our enemies. Now that can seem easier said than done today, especially when we notice how anti-Christian our world is becoming. Even for a lot of us, friends and family and co-workers are becoming more anti-Christian. How do we shine God's light in a world that loves darkness more than light? I mentioned earlier about how David sprinted toward the battle. He ran and hurried to meet the greatest threat that was facing Israel. And for most of us, that is extremely counterintuitive, to actually go quickly towards danger instead of pulling away from it and protecting ourselves. But if you look at history, you'll see that God's kingdom has advanced when his people were proactive instead of reactive in living out their faith. They sprinted toward the battles of their day. 
proactive Christianity seeks opportunities to boldly proclaim Christ, boldly proclaim truth. But reactive Christianity stays silent and cowers and waffles and hesitates in order to self-protect. And as I said earlier, as our world is growing more hostile towards truth, every one of us needs to decide which kind of Christian we are going to be, proactive or reactive. As I was thinking about this topic, I was reminded of one of my very favorite books, which is called If I Perish, and it tells the inspiring true story of a young woman in Korea. Her name was An E. Suk. People also call her Esther An Kim. But she courageously stood for her faith when the Japanese military took over her country during the Second World War. And I remember being so deeply moved the first time I read about how she refused to bow at the shrine of the Japanese sun god. And that decision, she knew, would probably cost her imprisonment and torture and maybe even death. And her stand, even among Christians who were cowering, was such an amazing example of boldly living for Jesus, being proactive in your faith, even when nearly everyone around you is crumbling in fear. It was very, very inspiring. But later on in the book, she made another decision that was really baffling to me. She had lived as a fugitive for many months, and she had narrowly escaped being captured by the Japanese and put into prison. And finally, she was given the opportunity to find refuge by coming under the protection of this kind elderly Japanese general who was also a believer in Christ. He asked her to become his adopted daughter, and he offered to help her attend seminary and to protect her from persecution. It was such a wonderful and a rare opportunity But she knew that God was calling her to something different, something a lot more dangerous. She and another Christian friend had felt for some months that they were to present a spiritual warning to the Japanese government leaders who were oppressing believers all across Korea. And she knew it would very likely cost her life, but she had already counted the cost. So when she encountered this nice Japanese general who was a Christian, he presented her with a way out, an easier path. He said to her, it's not necessary that you die to serve the Lord. With your faith and your ability to impress others, you will be able to do much for God. But this is what she said to him, and her response really surprised me the first time I read it. She said, you think that I am a living person, but I am already dead. The moment I stood up for this task, I, on Isuk, died. So she had already counted her life as lost for the sake of Christ, and she was not going to be tempted or baited to choose an easier way when she knew what God had called her to. So a few days later, she and her friend walked boldly into a gathering of high-ranking Japanese officials, and they delivered the warning that God had put on their hearts. The leaders, of course, were infuriated. She was promptly arrested, and she spent six years living on the brink of death, tortured and starving in Japanese prisons. At one point during her imprisonment, she was actually given the opportunity to be transferred to a more comfortable prison with better food and more freedom, but she deliberately chose to suffer in the worst prison amid the worst conditions for the sake of supporting and strengthening her fellow Christians who were also imprisoned for their faith. That was amazing to me. Reading about her startling decision to choose the harder road deeply challenged me and convicted me. It's one thing to stand up for your faith when you are forced to make that decision, and that's pretty impressive in itself. But then after having escaped imprisonment, to deliberately choose to go right back to the place of greatest danger, it's the equivalent of David sprinting toward Goliath instead of retreating from him. 
And then to purposely choose the worst conditions in order to share in the sufferings of others is truly incredible. God powerfully worked through An's life to transform both believers and non-believers in ways that never would have been possible if she had chosen to stay where she would be comfortable and sheltered. How many of us would be willing to make those kinds of choices, to choose hardship, to choose difficulty, to go towards the danger instead of retreating from it? It's easy to believe that if you and I were ever faced with extreme circumstances, like those we read about in scripture, David going towards Goliath, or maybe Daniel who chose to stand up to the king who made a decree that no one could pray to any god but him, or Esther who went to the king to appeal on behalf of her people, or An Isuk in Korea. If we were facing those circumstances, we, we might think, well, I would choose the right way. I would choose to go boldly into that situation just like those people did. But one thing I have come to realize in my own life is that if I'm not willing to live out proactive Christianity on a daily basis, I'm not going to be ready to do it in bigger situations. I've learned that it's just as important to sprint toward the battle and be proactive in my Christianity in the small day-to-day decisions as in the large and life-changing moments. In fact, when we gain victory in the mini battles that we face every day, that's how we prepare to be victorious in the epic battles that we face every once in a while. Just like David prepared for his battle with Goliath by gallantly standing up and protecting a few helpless sheep that were under his care from a hungry lion and a hungry bear. That's what prepared him to be victorious with Goliath that day. So I want to look at ways that we can make this principle of proactive Christianity practical right now. And, you know, it's easy to just be paralyzed when you look at what's happening around the world and think, how can I live boldly for Jesus right now? But we need to bake it down into the little day-to-day, moment-by-moment decisions and ask whether we're really being proactive in our faith or being reactive and self-protective. The first one that I feel is so important is that we can't delay obedience. I would encourage you to prayerfully consider what battles God is asking you to sprint toward today in your own life, in your current circumstances. Maybe you feel like you're facing Goliath right now, and instead of sprinting towards him, you're retreating from him. So maybe it's going to someone that you wronged, someone that you hurt, swallowing your pride and making things right with that person. Don't procrastinate any longer, but sprint toward that battle. God's amazing grace will flow into your life when you choose to humble yourself and obey him even when it's difficult. Or maybe it's choosing to wrestle in prayer for a financial, a relational, or a physical need. Don't waffle. Don't hesitate. Go boldly into the throne room of grace. Sprint toward the battle. Just like Jacob wrestling with God through the night, spiritual breakthroughs come when you doggedly refuse to let go of God's promises. Or maybe it's aggressively fighting for the salvation or the restoration of a soul that God has placed in your life, maybe right in your own family. Don't give up believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things for the sake of that soul. Sprint toward the battle over that person's life. Remember that God has put that burden on your heart for a reason, and he cares more about that person than you ever could. So decide right now that you are not going to give up. Maybe it's conquering strongholds in your life like fear or unforgiveness through the enabling power of God. Don't subside into acceptance or apathy, but sprint toward the battle. Just like Catherine Booth said, rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer. 
as you consistently and proactively replace lies with God's truth, you will be set free. And as Jesus said, not just free, but free indeed. Or maybe it's joyfully embracing a challenging circumstance and trusting that God is going to gloriously triumph through it. Don't allow complaining or self-pity to take over, but proactively choose to rejoice in all things. Sprint toward that battle. When you choose to rejoice in difficulty, you will begin to see miracles because God promises to work all things together for good for those who love him and put their trust in him. Maybe it's boldly standing for your faith among non-believing friends or family members. Don't hide behind a veil of social or political approval or correctness. Sprint toward the battle. Don't worry about your own lack of eloquence or your lack of confidence because it is only God who can really change hearts anyway. Simply offer yourself as a vessel in his hands and he will give you the words to speak as you depend fully on him. Just like Jesus said, God will provide the words for you to speak as you remain dependent on him. So no matter what battles God is asking you to sprint towards today, remember he's already made provision for everything that you need in order to obey him. Just like David found those five smooth stones at exactly the right moment, we will find everything that we need in order to to do exactly what God has called us to do if we just ask and receive. Another practical is to go after souls. This is one of the best ways to live out proactive Christianity amid a culture that is so given over to darkness and sin. When we see the dangerous direction that our society is heading, it can be very very paralyzing, and we can feel super helpless to do anything about it. Even if we want to take a bold stand for truth, we're not really sure how to. I love what Catherine Booth says about aggressively going after specific souls that God has placed in our lives. She said, there is one soul that you have more influence with than any other person on earth, some soul or souls. Are you doing all that you can for their salvation? Your relatives, your friends, your acquaintances are to be rescued from the depths of sin, degradation, and woe. Let them see the tears in your eyes. Or if you cannot weep, let them hear the tears in your voice. Let them realize that you feel their danger, that you're in distress for them. God will give his Holy Spirit and they will be saved. One of the best ways to sprint toward the battle in this day and age is to go after the lost souls that God has put in our lives. So often we allow social pressure to keep us silent while our friends and family members and co-workers just remain ensnared by sin and lies. So I would encourage you to ask God for the courage to speak boldly into the lives of the people that he's given you influence with. Ask him to give you his heart for their lostness. When they sense your genuine love, your care, your concern, your passion for their soul, they cannot help but pay attention to your words. Set the stage with fervent prayer and ask God to show you when, how, and what to speak. And then just yield to him as a willing vessel and trust him to do a powerful work in their lives. Another really important aspect about being proactive in your Christianity is to lay down your life, to count the cost, to not cling to your own life. Because if we're clinging to our own lives, then we're going to hesitate at the very moment that God calls us to spring forward into action and sprint toward that battle. Darlene Dibler was a missionary to New Guinea. Her book is one of my absolute favorites. When she was eight years old, she prayed this prayer during the close of a church service. She said, I'll go anywhere for you, Lord. 
no matter what it cost. Years and years later, when she was suffering intensely on the mission field, she was reminded of that prayer. And she told God again that she still meant it in spite of all the difficulty, all the heartache that she was walking through. And I believe this was the reason she was able to triumphantly endure the horrors of a concentration camp, the torture at the hands of her enemies, and the devastating loss of her husband. She had already given up her life and she had said a wholehearted yes, Lord, no matter the cost. In order to be proactive in our Christianity and sprint toward the battles we're facing in everyday life and in our culture, we also need to count the cost ahead of time. Because standing boldly for Jesus, sprinting toward the battle, might lead to pain, to heartache, persecution, maybe even death. And we have to have already given up our lives, just like An Isuk did in Korea when she went boldly into that meeting with a Japanese official. She had already counted her life as dead. In Acts 20, Paul expresses this necessary soul condition of any true spiritual athlete, anyone who is truly going to make an impact on this world and build the kingdom of God. He says, chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. I love that verse. There's so much depth just in those couple of lines. Paul did not count his life dear to himself because he had something infinitely more precious. He had an intimate relationship with the king of all kings, and he had a calling to proclaim Jesus Christ's glorious gospel to the world. If we're going to finish our own race with joy, we need to follow Paul's example and place Jesus Christ and him crucified over everything else that we hold dear, including our own lives. If you do not yet feel ready to place your life on the altar for the sake of Christ, ask him to make you ready. It's a work of grace that only he can do within us, and it's a prayer that he delights to answer. Every day, our world is growing darker and sin is gaining a stronger hold. And I believe that now is not the time to cower, to hesitate, to waffle, to subside into silence. Now is actually the time to proclaim God's truth from the rooftops, to shine his light in the midst of darkness, and to sprint toward every battle with liquid ferocity, just like David sprinted toward Goliath. Now, yes, this is the opposite of what the culture and the enemy are telling us to do right now. But when we say yes to this calling, when we say yes to being proactive in our faith, we will have all the strength of heaven on our side. We never should forget what Oswald Chambers said. When we deliberately choose to obey God, he will tax the remotest star and the last grain of sand to assist us with all his almighty power. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered, world-changing life, visit us at setapartgirl.com where you'll find loads of resources on bringing Christ into the center of every aspect of your life. I pray you have a blessed week.